Are you looking for a sexy and smelling good candle that is going to set the mood for romance? Well, you've come to the right place because we here at Romance and Color recommend you Glow Girl Candle Company. The candles are amazing. They're eco-friendly, made from coconut soy wax and free of toxins and parabens. They come in amazing, sexy smells like pineapple sage and black raspberry and vanilla that are sure to get you in a sexy and romantic mood. Black woman owned and based out of LA, You Glow Girl Candle Company is the move to set the mood right. Visit them at You Glow Girl Candle Co. Dot com and tell them Romance and Color sent you. Now back to the show. Hey everyone and welcome back to the podcast. Hi you guys, welcome to another week. Hoping everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving and yes, we're so excited a, to be back. Yes, I had a pretty good Thanksgiving. I am stuffed. I'm probably still carrying around <laughs> an extra 10 pounds. What about you? Oh, my goodness. Same. Them leftovers lasted for far too long. You know, we ended up throwing away a bunch of stuff because we just were so sick of Thanksgiving food. But, you know, mm-hmm. it was yeah. wonderful. It was, it was a we, blessing. We, we, so. took, we took Clyde's advice and didn't, you know, go too hard on the Thanksgiving because, you know, he said if we didn't go too long, we're going to have worms and end up in the hospital. Oh, so, I, and just so somebody was to eat all that that long. Right. Yeah, so we ended up freezing a lot of things. So that's good. Like immediately, like the next day, we froze. That's stuff, good. So. Yeah. Yeah, we're like this will be. It'll taste delicious and fresh and brand new in a couple mm. of whatever months. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that's exactly what we did, but we hosted <laughs> and had a good time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, all done and, and and done with my Christmas shopping. So. <gasps> oh wow! All that. <laughs> I'm kind of like midway through, but not done. Not done mm-hmm. yet. So yeah. yeah, we have a little. Yeah, waste. I am done with Tegan. I'm done with. With Jay, I'm, I am done. I'm not I'm shopping for nobody else. And it's just mm. toys. It's just so fun because I enjoy <laughs> shopping for them. It's just so challenging mm-hmm. now. And the things yeah. are much expensive. So. Oh, yeah. They yeah. still kind of have it at their age. My kids are 11 and 12. They have like a childlike mentality and that mm-hmm. they want to see like a lot of gifts under the tree the way it was when they were young. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. like at the same time, their requests are now more advanced. You know, AirPod Pros, laptop, things like that. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's going to be fewer gifts because the gifts cost more. But in the childlike yeah. way, they kind of have this fantasy. It's going to be all these gifts and stuff. So, yeah, it's just. Mm-mm. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I like that. I like that I can spend less. Yes. And get more and put a, hot, a lot of little small things under exactly. the tree. Exactly. You know, exactly. even though she got me for two things, though, because we went to Costco and <laughs> I was trying to sneak stuff in the basket. Oh, and it was like a set of books. And she was like, oh, are those for me? I was oh. like, <laughs> I was like, oh, so no. They don't miss she's a like, thing, oh, I'm sure about it. She's like, she's like, yes, they are. They're for me. It's Pete the Cat book. So, oh my yeah, she, she got excited about the Pete the Cat book. So I guess, now, did she get it early or it's going to still be wrapped yeah, up? Yeah, she already opened the girl. Yeah, so at this that, point. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was it. You cannot give like, oh, it well. at that point after they saw it. I know, I know. So, anyway, so last week, shout out to uh Angela Anderson uh we had an amazing time that was so uh, fun talking about holiday stuff with our big holiday bash for Angela Anderson of Angela Anderson presents it was so fun to keep mm-hmm. you and talk with her about all the, the fun uh holiday stuff and holiday movies and reads and everything like that yes um in our hot topics last week we talked about Stevie J and Faith Evans 
Shani O'Neill becoming a first lady. Yes, yes, she <laughs> and did. Danny Lee and the baby, which apparently, girl, I think they back together. Oh my gosh, I checked so, out and refused to follow that that foolishness anymore because I can't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In reading romance, I shouted out our big holiday uh, list, and I also talked about a light by H. Cunningham, who is our guest this week. Um, but we'll more on that later. Um, in listening to romance, I talked about day drinking with authors of Molly Fader, and we talked also about the Unwrapped Romance uh, podcast uh, with Diana Simone and Lacey Baker, mm-hmm. who last week, they had Gina and Neely on there, and I was so hyped because I listened to it. Okay. So when I went on there, when I went on there, um, Instagram I was like oh my god I listen I love Gina Neely and she actually <laughs> wrote me back so I was all hyped so because Gina Neely wrote uh-huh. me back you know who I am so nice so um shout out to them and then in watching romance oh my god we talked about all the movies we're looking forward to watching and we'll do yes. a brief recap at the end of what we liked and what we didn't like over the holiday and what we can look forward to this um holiday season this, this week coming up because it's a lot of movies Oh uh, my coming goodness. out this week. It's some that I have not even caught up with yet, but right. Um, yeah. So, mm-hmm. Anyway. So Yakini, what are the hot topics in romance this week? So this week, Tammy Roman appeared on the reel and she talked about her relationship with her husband Reggie, who if you used to watch uh Tammy Roman on Love and Basketball, um mm-hmm. Which one was she? Was on basketball wise? Right? Ba- um, so I was about to say, love and basketball doesn't sound right. That's the, movie. <laughs> That's the basketball movie. wise. I believe she was on Miami. You know, there were a few. Yeah, she was on few. LA, and then LA, and then it moved. So she was on LA, and maybe another one. But I think she, she was on all of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she kind of had a very, you know, we remember Tammy from the Real World, and then she had a very feisty personality on Basketball Wives, mm-hmm. um, and she eventually just distanced herself from the show because she wanted to do other things, mm-hmm. and now she has her very successful bonnet chronicles that's fine mm-hmm. but if you remember her from the show you know her now husband reggie was on the last few seasons such a sweet guy i think we all fell in love with reggie he was much younger than her um i think he at least maybe 10 to 15 years um mm. so one of the storylines that kind of was always at the forefront was that you know tammy has two beautiful children with her ex-husband who is a former basketball player yeah. um Right, exactly. Yep. And so, you know, her children at that time were, were pretty much grown, you know, early 20s. Um, but Reggie did not have any children at all. And he did express wanting to have a family. He doesn't have any siblings. And he was kind of like, I don't want my legacy to d- basically die. And that was something mm-hmm. that they were always trying. But even at that time, it's been many years since Basketball Wives. Um, she was well into her 40s then. So right now, mm-hmm. Tammy is probably early 50s. So, you know, they did struggle to conceive. She wasn't able, unfortunately, to have a baby naturally with Reggie. And then, you know, she was attempting in vitro and, you know, all sorts of kind of fertilization. Because mm-hmm. there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things out there for women today. You know, there's yeah. options. So you can have a baby older. But at the same time, you know, Tammy was also very honest about being ambivalent because she's kind of like, I have my two girls. And even though I, I met you and I fell in love with you, I don't necessarily want to start all over and have more children. I don't want to have a baby mm-hmm. at this point in my life and career. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. she also knew how much he really wanted it. And he also was open about that from the beginning. So that was kind of one of those things between them where, you know, on, on a few occasions, she was kind of like, if you need to 
you know, decide to leave this relationship, I totally understand. And it wasn't said in like a threatening ultimatum yeah, type yeah, of way. Yeah. It was yeah. more like, look, like I may not be able to give you what you need. And if you want to find a woman who's younger and can give you what you need, I get it. But at that time, you know, Reggie was very much in love with Tammy. They had a really great relationship, very strong relationship mm-hmm. otherwise. So they kind of stuck it out. Like I said, tried she tried various fertility things. They even considered a surrogate when I think she realized that she wasn't going to be able to carry a baby. And so now here we are about, it's been about five, six years since that franchise that she was on. Um, Mm -hmm. She hasn't been on Basketball Wives in a long time. And so she recently appeared on The Real, as I said, and she talked about how, you know, Reggie never had that baby, obviously with her. And it's something that he still has expressed interest in she's definitely at a point where she not only physically can't carry a baby but she's just not even interested in a surrogate you know her career is really right doing so well right now she's like I yeah can't she's on a show too baby. Yeah. absolutely so long story short she basically told the ladies of the real that she offered to let reggie to give reggie a break you know take one or two years you know meet a woman have a baby and she said, I will be very happy to help raise that baby. You know, wow. I want to, yeah, she said, I want to be involved in the baby's life. You know, take that time off because, you know, you could say have a baby with someone else, but I think she recognized that <coughs> going through a pregnancy and being with him would be very difficult for her or for them, maybe put a strain. So she said, let's mm-hmm. take a break for these couple years and have your baby. And then we can, so she offered him that. And the, the ladies on the real were kind of like, what, how what? did you do that? I could never yeah, do that. Crazy. But she yeah. was just like, we love each other. And I know that I can never give him that. And I don't want him to resent me or just feel like he lost out because in a way it's like, this is what he wanted. And it is kind mm-hmm. of being with her is accepting that he'll never be a dad. And she mm-hmm. was like, I want him to be able to have fatherhood. Like I've enjoyed motherhood. I want him to have that chance. Wow. Uh, but long, But in the end, Reggie decided not to do it, not to take her offer. Who knows what the future holds, but he felt like that wasn't what he wanted to do. And Mm. Reggie kind of made a statement, you know, if God intended for me to have children, then I would. So maybe Mm -hmm. this is kind of what was meant to be. I hope that he really peace and doesn't later have regrets or remorse. You know what I mean? But yeah. I think he will, though. I mean, because I've heard this story time and time again. Yeah. Every time the guy feel some sort of remorse about not having a child and they go on and they have babies with somebody else and that's you know he's she's giving him permission and i wonder if him saying no is because he really feels guilty to do that because i really believe he loves her but like you Mm -hmm. said if there's that seed in your your head then yeah sometimes they go on and I think she would rather him do it this way than have an affair and get someone pregnant. Um, like just be in the open. Yeah. Say. I don't think yeah, he has the heart to say it. Yeah, I don't think he does either. He, I, he, I mean, it's one thing to be like in the open and like, oh yeah, I can, I can do this. Like, I'm mature right. enough to handle this. And like when the baby comes, there's no yeah. way. Yeah. You're gonna be mature enough to right. handle That's some really other woman pregnant yeah. with your man's baby Woo. and That's just enough. walking the around. The most mature, and, evolved woman would struggle with that, you know. And then you know, feelings get evo- involved. Absolutely, like, emotions and uh, break. Yeah, because yeah. taking a break, it's not like they said it would be some kind of like. Um, you know, in vitro fertilization, 
it sounds like take a break, meet someone, have a baby. So you yeah. know how it, it is possible for feelings to get involved. So almost yeah. like having, having a sister wife. So yeah, I, I don't know if Tammy is that exactly uh, evolved to do something right. like that. She exactly. doesn't seem like the type. Mm-mm. 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 As much as she said she would, I just don't see her doing that. Yeah, that, that's tough for anyone. That's tough mm-hmm. for anyone. But I wish them the best because I, I really like I them too. together. And that's the thing with those May-December romances. Sometimes that comes up as an issue. Um, yes, it does. You know, I know I expressed to my now boyfriend that I was interested in having at least one more child. And it wasn't something he was interested in. But we are already are coming into our relationship each of us having two children mm-hmm. you know he has his two I have my two and they're all around the same age so while it would have been nice to kind of share one together he's had a vasectomy and it wasn't something that he was interested in doing it for me it's not mm-hmm. a deal breaker more like mm-hmm. a, oh this might be nice you know right. girl because I have boys but at the end of the day do I want to start all over as well and have a baby at my you absolutely do not <laughs> Absolutely not. Diapers. Oh my God, daycare. Right, starting from scratch with diaper bags and all that, staying up all night. But um, but if I didn't have my own children, I think that meeting someone who is in his fifties and has had a vasectomy, I don't know that I would have proceeded down that road because if I knew for me that was something that I really wanted so Reggie I guess kind of knew the deal when he entered into the relationship so mm-hmm. anywho so that is Tiffany and Reggie hubby Reggie and mm. other news Tiffany Haddish in common we always talk about not idealizing these celebrity couples because we never yep. one on behind closed doors so recently it um, was announced I think you know very recently that they are broken up now we did not hear this from Nick from either of them so this isn't from right. Tom or Tiffany but just a representative did um, share the news that um, the couple has split they've been dating since August 2020 um, so it's been over a year now um, about a year and four months um, and basically the the, the rep kind of kept it very vague and classy said that neither of them really has time for a serious relationship they're pretty much never in the same city. Um, mm. So it just didn't make sense for them to go on. So that's kind of all we know about that. You know, Common just cannot keep a woman. And that's he funny just, to me. He cannot like, I saw keep that. A woman. And I, it's, it's not like, him. It's not, it is not the women. It is yeah. him. It's, it's really him. It's common. And I don't know that I, when you look at it, maybe he, that's not what he, maybe he doesn't want a serious long-term monogamous. Or maybe he's a serial monogamous. It does come a point where we have to start saying, what is going on, Comet? Because we love Comet, right. but this right. is a pattern for you, bro. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you've yes. had some quality women. So. Lots of quality women. So Absolutely. many quality women. Absolutely. Yeah. And what I love about Comet is that you will never, whatever goes down in that relationship, you will never hear him bash his woman, speak never. negatively of his woman. Never. All he does is uplift them and just point out how they're queens and you know what I mean? And I just mm-hmm, love that. He keeps mm-hmm. it classy. So we, we yep. will never hear him bashing anybody and saying anything. He won't ever be on the tabloids and stuff talking smack. So and yes, but he, yeah. and he consistently dates sisters. Black he women, does. So, you so know, I can't even be mad at him. Yeah, you know? we can't be mad at him for that. Mm-hmm. You know, and a variety yeah. of black women. Absolutely. Sizes, everything, Absolutely. You know? Who are some of the women? So he dated, was he, he Erica Badu? Serena Williams. Serena Williams. Um, 
Hansen. Taraji P. So he's had some beautiful, good women. Speaking yeah, just really yeah. quick off topic, I did see um, King Richard. It was bomb. So if you guys have not seen it, please go support. Yeah, really, That's the good. Will Smith movie mm-hmm. with, you know, the story of Serena Vince. It was so good. Um, mm-hmm. But back to Hot Topics. Um, so we talked about Dave Chappelle and his his nonsense and his, you know, oh, his Netflix <laughs> special that was, you know, possibly some um, transphobic comments and LGBTQIA plus um, negativity. And he recently appeared at his um, high school alma mater in D.C. And he was met with a very mixed reception. He had been planning to go there, but apparently the initial appearance was canceled because the students protested. See, this is what I love about kids today. What are they, Gen Mm -hmm. Z? The Gen Z is I know I can't keep track, but they I think really you speak me. up in their truth and they're not afraid to kind of tell adults respectfully when they're not okay with bigotry and a bunch of, you know. So mm-hmm. basically, his first appearance was postponed because people were protesting. The kids were protesting. They were very uncomfortable with the Netflix. And by the way, this is a, a, the Duke Ellington um, School of Arts, I believe. So yes, it's like, it you know, it's artistic students. It's, you know, musicians and artists and Mm-hmm. You know, these are creators just like him, creatives. Right. Um, so anyway, this time he just appeared. It was a surprise visit. He was met with cheers as well as boos. And Ooh, basically, child. it sounds Jesus. like, yeah, yeah, people were booing. The kids were booing, many of them. Mm. So nothing was recorded because similar to his comedy shows, he does collect phones at the beginning. Um, mm. So there's nothing, you know, that we we can see. But basically, um you know, he appeared at the Duke Ellington School. For, it was basically an hour-long Q&A. And so, basically, the children went on the mic, and they addressed him very directly about how, you know, his remarks about the trans community made them very uncomfortable um, mm-hmm. and that they really didn't like that. They one of, the, one of the students said, she called him a bigot, and she said, quote, I'm 16, and I think you're childish. You handle mm. it like a child. Um and she was Ooh, referring Lord. to the backlash he got and how he responded, you know, to, mm. of course, the closer. Um, mm-hmm. And he responded back to her and to all of the students. Others made comments. His responses were very just sarcastic and snarky. He used the N-word. Mm. Um, he said to this particular um, young lady, my friend, with all due respect, I don't believe you could make one of the decisions I have to make on a given day. And so he just kind of had like really flippant remarks. Oh, he's um, not learning. He's not, he's not learning. learning. He told one of the students, you know, I'm better than all of you on any given day. You know, I'm more talented <sighs> than all of you. I'm sure one day you all will reach or surpass my talents. But right now, basically, you guys don't have the right to even say anything. So parents were really upset. Some of the kids who did speak up were um, given death threats after the show. Mm. Um, so I just feel like he just really went into this situation, made it very hostile, unsafe for some of the kids. Mm. Um, the kids were very nervous and anxious, and he just was not... He didn't go in with an open ear and open heart. He went in yeah. as much as he says, I don't care about being canceled. I don't care about cancel culture. You don't have to see my my special. I'm doing just care. My... Yeah, he yeah. does care. And like being told those truths. And he just sounds like he really botched it and handled it badly. So it's just mm-hmm. so disappointing. It just reinforces my decision that he is not someone who I want to support. Not until he's really serious about making some changes and really changes. listening yeah. to people. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about what happened. He was supposed to do this whole sit down and stuff with with members from the LGBTQI plus community. That hasn't happened, but we'll be. Oh, that's not going to happen, girl. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, yeah. 
Yeah, and then lastly, if anyone is a fan of Portia Williams, you know, of course, she won't be returning to the Real Housewives of Atlanta. However, her spinoff on Bravo did air this week um, called Portia's Family Matters, and it was really cute. I watched it. It's mm-hmm. featuring Simon Guabadia, her new fiance, Fallon's ex-husband. Fallon just had the baby. Um, her children's father Dennis is on the show and all mm-hmm. of her friends and I'm sorry not all of her, all of her family her mom her sister Lauren and some aunts and uncles so it should be interesting um Portia had a birthday party on the first episode and she told Dennis that he was not allowed to bring a date to the party and she said unless it's someone who is who you're serious about who's going to meet Pilar so she said mm-hmm. and so Dennis would kind of had a problem with that and said you know it's probably because you're still in love with me so it, oh it's, god it's, yeah it's, <laughs> I oh, think god. it's going to be cute it's going to be interesting and so yeah oh, if you're interested in that that comes on Sunday night so check that out and that's it okay you know what I, I was you know talking about Portia and her many many gigs girl like yes. if you're on Amazon Prime oh yeah Portia she does a little, a little show about what she likes on Amazon she I loves love Amazon. Yeah. it's so cute like she has some really good things on yeah, there it's that, super cute. that she wanted for um you know, Black Friday, yeah, and all this stuff, and stuff that she really uses. And, and I like, didn't see the most recent one with Black Black Friday, so I have to check. Yeah, that out. but I like there's one on it for Black Friday, but it's super cute. I was like, wow, Portia gets in the bag. That they do that because they've been pairing up with. I know they've been pairing with influencers to do it. I think Candy does it, and yeah, that Candy has one really too. great idea. Mm-hmm. Candy has one. I think Gab Union does one too, or somebody like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, a couple couple famous people do it and so yeah that's, that's really cool i like her getting what a, her free, what a great idea amazon yeah she's a hustle yeah, yeah she's a hustler yeah she sure is yeah all right you guys we're gonna take a quick ba- break and come back with our interview this week with a.h cunningham stay tuned and we're back um we have an interview a very special interview with a debut author this week her name is A.H. Cunningham. Right now, she resides in the beautiful city of New Orleans, but originally, she is an Afro-Panamanian, and she infuses a lot of her Afro-Panamanian and Caribbean culture in her writing. She's a really good friend of mine, and her new debut, A Light, is getting a lot of positive, positive reviews. So I want you all to sit back and enjoy this interview with debut author A.H. Cunningham and awesome. enjoy hi everyone um we are here with a.h cunningham and we are here to talk about her debut novel a light among other things and so um hi a.h how are you i am doing well how are you i am great so um, i'm gonna ask you every question that i ask everybody that comes on the podcast okay. so basically you have to give me your origin story how you started with romance, how you fell in love with romance novels, and, you know, what drew you to the genre itself? So, like, many, many readers and authors out there, I probably started a little bit too early reading romance novels. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, I used to, um, my grandmother and my aunt, when I would go to their house, there would be, like, romance and love stories that I would find just in their bookshelves, and that's really how I got into it. I could not for the life of me remember which one was the first one, but probably mm-hmm. since, you know, my mid-teenage years, I've been reading romance. 
Mm, okay. And so what made you want to, what was the impetus for you to want to like say and move from reader to writer of romance? So the first time I ever wrote a book was when I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And I would love to like find that laptop because I can only imagine. But since <laughs> then, <laughs> I've always liked to write. It's not what I went to school for, but mm-hmm. um, there's definitely kind of a history of writing in my, uh, on my family. So mm-hmm. I would write poems and I've done a little bit of fan fiction, erotic stories throughout. But mm-hmm. I never really kind of gathered that courage to kind of go the whole way. Mm-hmm. Um, but about three years ago, um, before my, my son was born, I kind of said, you know, what, what, what is really stopping me? Um, there's such an amazing space for that is being created in, in, in just like indie publishing mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. kind of calling my name. And I yeah. think that's really what, what allowed me to kind of gather that courage and like finally just jump and, 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 and do it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, indie is is pretty much where it at where it's at right now with, you know, creating your own lane and, and then where you want to tell your stories. So about the stories you want to tell, um, you know, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from and kind of how that kind of impacts you and the stories that you want to tell as far as your kind of purview into romance? Yeah, so I actually was born and raised in Panama. Mm. Um, and I actually moved here as an adult. I, I turned 21 here, um, mm-hmm. came for school. And this is where I met my husband. I, at, at the beginning, when I moved here, my plan was to go back to Panama. Um, mm-hmm. I was really just coming here for school. Mm-hmm. But I met my husband here, who was born here in New York, but is he's first generation Jamaican. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of our story. And the friends that I met in in college, which was a kind of a mix of, you know, Black Americans, Caribbean Americans, first, second generation, kind of this yeah. whole mix. Yeah. Um, and that's really kind of the perspective that I usually bring to mm-hmm. my stories. Um, mm-hmm. You know, most of my characters, if they're not Black American, they're going to be um, first or second generation, both either Afro-Caribbean or Afro-Latino. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's what I know that's that's you know where I come from yeah yeah so this story is like all of them all of them I'm half I'm gonna lie I'm halfway through it but you know the holidays came and it was just crazy crazy but I I will say I am totally loving the story I'm loving the world that you built kind of around these two characters but we'll we'll get into we'll get into that in a little bit we'll get into that in a little bit but we're gonna talk about. I, I don't. Wanna, I don't want to give nothing away about the story. But we're gonna talk about process. Okay. So, okay, you say you're a first generation uh, uh, Afro Panamanian who lives here in the states, and so I know. Look, I know my husband's from the Caribbean. I know. Look, if it's not doctor, lawyer, engineer, nobody wants you to do it <laughs> for a living. That's so, right. right. So. Um, <laughs> What what do you do professionally and how do you kind of balance that with your writing schedule and having a family too? And how do you make time to like, you know, balance all of those things? What is balance? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's, no true. that's true. That's so true. Um yeah, no, I I actually work in hospitality, which mm-hmm. um I, I, I work in events and I've done mm-hmm. that for my entire career. Um mm-hmm. 
and there was obviously a space that was open while everything was happening in this past two years Mm -hmm. that allowed me to kind of propel that Mm -hmm. um but I have been writing from before that I just hadn't published yet and really it's just the fact that I have great communication with my partner my husband Mm -hmm. understands my 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 goal what I'm looking to do so there's this balance where sometimes you know he takes one for the team takes care mm-hmm. of the kids I usually write at night mm-hmm. um, I'm definitely uh, a night owl I've always been um, yeah. do I sleep enough probably not <laughs> about that mm-hmm. um, but that's that's when it really happens I had a lot of um, daytime opportunities to write during I, I just actually just moved to New Orleans so I've been here since okay. the end of July and that allowed me to kind of catch up to everything that I had planned for the year and mm-hmm. put me in a good position. Um, so, you know, I, I made sure that before I published the first book, I was kind of done, almost done with the second as well. Um, okay. Hopefully I can keep up that pace. So we'll, we'll see. So you made the, so you made the move from the Northeast to New Orleans. How, how has that been like a cultural shift for you in, in terms of, um, you know, the, the the I know I know the U.S. is very broad and everything, and there pro- there's probably more Panamanian folks in on the East Coast than there probably are in New Orleans. Um, so how's that kind of shift been for you, and has that kind of affected like where you want to take your writing? Do you feel like you want to incorporate more of that New Orleans type of feel or whatever, and, and you, whatever you're gonna write in the future, maybe? Uh, definitely something that I want to incorporate in the future. I actually moved from South Florida. Okay, um, South Florida. Okay. So I came from South Florida. I've lived there most of the time that I've been in the in the U.S. But okay. really, like my my most of my family is in the Northeast for the most part. Now mm-hmm. they've kind of moved around. I'm mm-hmm. and a lot of our friends moved back to the Northeast after school. So very familiar mm-hmm. with that area. But okay. um, overall, the difference is every time that people ask me like, "Oh, you moved to New Orleans? Like, how is it?" And I'm like, "That's it's the closest place that I've lived in." you know, United States, that, that reminds me of Panama, a lot of, the, mm, of mm. just kind of like the culture, um, you know, like architecture, the system, architecture yeah, the yeah. systems being kind of like so um, close to, you know, the church system. And that's a lot mm. of what you see in Panama. So it's, mm. it's a lot of that, um, some of the food, some of, you know, the, just the overall, um, the the culture how how mm. friendly people are here um, <laughs> definitely party people oh um, yeah all of that we in Panama we actually have like we do carnival really big as well it's just not mm-hmm. as well known internationally but those four mm-hmm. days of carnival in Panama are sacred like you are off from work mm-hmm. you go to these different cities and just party for four days straight so mm. a lot of all of that um reminds me of 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 Panama so it's it's been pretty smooth overall mm-hmm. I think there's such a rich culture here that um I I, I don't know if I could do justice um right now so probably mm-hmm. my next you know series is still going to be more um kind of in the South Florida area but it's definitely mm-hmm. something that I want to explore in the future I actually that because I, I I know you say you moved to New Orleans and I was like I, I remember that because I, I wanted to ask you that because I was like you know there are so many similarities diasporically with things in New Orleans that I hear that a lot of my friends from the Caribbean, even my husband and stuff, he's from St. Kitts, um, have said about New Orleans food-wise, you know, the vibe of it, it just, it just seems very, very similar. Um, so I, I just wonder, I just wonder that about, about your take on that and, you know, 
if we're going to see any of that in any of your future writing. But South Florida is good too. I got family in Florida too. <laughs> oh, nice, Florida nice. Too. Yeah, yeah. They're in, they're in um, Central Florida though. They're in Orlando. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, I did have some family in Miami at one point. Um, so, yeah, it, Florida is its own kind of. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And it's funny, people, but I was like, where do you live? I'm like, Broward County. <laughs> Not Miami, yeah. no, Broward County. And nothing yeah, against very Miami. Different. I have a lot of friends that live in Miami, but it's different. It's different. Than, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But you know what? It, it was easy to me to kind of like straddle both cultures that you kind of find mm-hmm. in Broward, which is it's such a rich Black community there. Mm-hmm rich jamaican community there mm-hmm. um so you know we we could go to like the jamaican market and find anything that you know i used mm-hmm. to find at home because um you know my heritage is from the islands even though you know mm-hmm. i was born, born in panama so mm-hmm. a lot of the things that i ate at home i could find in south florida we still haven't explored as much i found a jamaican restaurant here so at least that's something you know my husband would have not survived without that <laughs> um, but but it's definitely um different than than living in Miami but you know whenever I, I worked in Miami for many years mm-hmm. and, and you know that mm-hmm. that um Hispanic side is you know definitely mm-hmm. strong in that area mm-hmm. yeah yeah there was there's food in this book too so <laughs> uh yes yes there is food do not read when you're hungry it yes yeah. it made me hungry girl i'm not gonna say it made me hungry so i was just like i've never had panamanian food i said but uh, i think i'm going to have to explore and see if there's a place here in atlanta i'm in atlanta so see there's a place in atlanta for me to have some 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 panamanian food so okay so so start i i know these answers but just for the people you know listen to the podcast so starting out and when you're interested in writing and writing professionally what type of community did you seek out to to like help you kind of navigate those waters of being like a getting your foot wet in indie and trying to you know find out what your voice is and and you know kind of the whole mechanics of you know getting your writing author this author self together like how important was community in 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 that kind of space for you so at first i you know i'll confess like i wasn't as good as navigating the resources that are online to find Mm -hmm. those communities so i have been writing and trying you know like i actually have a book that i wrote like three years ago that i just couldn't i never felt that it was ready even though that in theory was the book that I wanted to um, publish. And it was because mm-hmm. I really wasn't kind of looking at those resources well. And I really, um, you know, kind of like a light bulb turn on. I said, you know, let me just kind of look in Twitter. Let me see what's there, what I can mm-hmm. find from some mm-hmm. of the authors that I, that I love to read. And, and that's how I found some amazing communities that mm-hmm. um, really kind of opened the doors to me to kind of expand my my craft and, and just the, the business knowledge of publishing because that part is yeah. also a whole world that if you kind of go in blind, it could be daunting. So, mm. you know, um, I was able to find, you know, inclusive romance project, which of course, you know, um, mm. you know, Karma Kelly has done an amazing um, community there and actually just wrapping up my, my mentorship program there. Um, I had a mm. great mentor, Melanie Green, that, uh, really was just my cheerleader and we would just kind of bounce off like you know I was doing my homework I was really kind of digging in and looking at all the information and it was really just kind of double checking if I was in the right path mm-hmm. um, 
And then the other amazing community that I found, which is more on the side of like actually having companionship while writing, because writing can be lonely um yes. there's word makers mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. which you know was created as created by tasha l harrison which is an amazing human being and mm-hmm. you know the group there embraced me right away um i started there with one of the you know 20k um in five days and you know i wasn't able to do it the first time but the second time i was, I was able to do it and, and really just kind of the energy that you get off of writing together is amazing mm-hmm. um and there's so many people in the community that are just so welcoming. I mean, I could say so many names, you know, RM Virtues, Katrina Jackson, just the people that just reaching out, you know, Lucy, even mm-hmm. people that just reach out and and just kind of in different little ways that you're not expecting, just kind of like bolster you and, and kind of show you the way. Yeah, yeah. And it's a place that's so full of indie authors or authors who are maybe even hybrid, who are just have their kind of their foot in both places. So you learn so much about the industry and what is the right path for you to take with your work. Um, So what made you decide to go the independent route with this debut versus getting in the trenches and querying and, you know, trying to query a a publishing house and agent and so on and so forth? So initially when I started my mentorship, I was thinking of kind of trying both routes. Um, Mm -hmm. And I realized one, um, the way that I write um, and the fact that I was not born here, um, I think was going to be a little bit hard for me to get into some of these queries. And then two, the fact that I wanted to have full control of of the story and, um, mm-hmm. you know, how spicy I wanted it to be. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you kind of like read my bio and my, my tagline, I'm like, I'm, I'm writing about grown people that are like navigating just adulthood, but still mm-hmm. like want to have this amazing sex life. So, right. I, I, you know, there's, there's, there's books for everyone, but my particular books for the most part are going to always be very spicy. And I didn't want Mm -hmm. to be in a situation that I had to kind of bring that down a little bit, that volume Mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. So when I started kind of looking into the process and, you know, hearing some of the feedback of, of authors that have gone the hybrid route or, you know, have done only tried publishing, I realized that, um, you know, maybe in the future, you never say never, but for now, this was the best route for me. Yeah, yeah. I think it's super brave of you, particularly for your debut to come out and, you know, do it on your own and independently. Was that something that you learned during your mentorship, like to kind of push you toward doing it independently versus, you know, the traditional route? And what kind of like advice did your mentor and mentorship give you as far as going the independent route? Um, you know, Melanie is, um, she's done the same. So it it really was, uh, when I started the mentorship, I already had some idea of what I wanted to do and what I needed to do. Um, so she provided great resources, um, a checklist that was really helpful throughout the entire process, kind of like Mm -hmm. more than 90 days out. What is it that you have to kind of start lining up? Um, you know, maybe right now you want to start, you know, opening your vendor account, even though you haven't finished the book, because that way you're not rushing last minute to open this when you actually mm-hmm. want to publish things like that. Mm-hmm. Little um, kind of tips and tricks of the trade that helped out a lot. Um, mm-hmm. By the time I started the mentorship, I've done a lot of homework. I- I'm, I'm a Virgo. and um, <laughs> <laughs> Virgos don't like to go into things not knowing. And that That's has been true. probably mm-hmm. the hardest thing for me in publishing. It's just not having all the answers right away, not being an expert right away. But I've, you know, I've, I've tried to be gentle with myself and, and you know, mm-hmm. 
kind of enjoy the the the, the ride. Uh, but yeah, it, it was definitely just kind of like validating some of the things that that I had learned and kind of explaining more in depth some of the things that I maybe didn't understand. Mm-hmm. And you know, in word makers, there's also like amazing authors that are just always kind of like giving feedback and and, and mm-hmm. advice. So in a lot of those writings just kind of like listening in and, and kind of absorbing or asking a question, you get a lot of information like that, which is why community is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how did this publishing your first book change your perspective of the entire publishing process? Um, I don't think it changed my perspective. I think if anything, it validated that it takes time to build up um, mm-hmm. I was actually a little bit surprised, um, the outreach that the book has had overall. Um, oh and, yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not gonna to... lie. I was on TikTok pubbing it like, Hey, um, <laughs> y'all get this book. This Thank my you. <laughs> <laughs> and then look, I saw somebody else pick it up. was like, Hey, I'm, I'm reading this book. I was like, I think I did that. I feel like I did that. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> No, like that part anyway. has been yeah, it's been amazing. I, I I feel very very lucky to to you know to have been embraced um by the community, by the readers, by you know editors mm-hmm. and and people that have you know behind the scenes helped me out so much throughout the process. So, um, I would say if anything, I'm pleasantly surprised. There's there's of course a lot to be said about publishing in general, but um, yeah. as of now, I'm you know trying to focus on the positive. <laughs> yeah, definitely focus on the positive. This is just yeah. a big, big accomplishment for you. So, what was the hardest part of of the whole process in general? Was it the editing? Was it the the, the making time to write? Was it the the you know finding the right book cover, which is wonderful. I know Jack Harbor did your book cover. Um, so, what was the hardest part about the whole thing? You think I would say the editing process and knowing. Mm-hmm what is is me and what needed to stay for me um and and my voice and and kind of mm-hmm. taking in the feedback that was coming in and 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 tailoring that for it to obviously be of appeal for for readers um i write mm-hmm. for myself first and foremost i write right. for people that you know that have a similar background as i do i write for mm-hmm. black people um you know, I write for 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 people that are in, in different intersections. So that was mm-hmm. important to me. Um, but at the mm-hmm. but first and foremost, I I I write for myself. So kind of balancing that has been interesting. Um, you know, kind of deciding mm-hmm. yes, this stays, no, this goes. Um, but I want to believe that you know every book I'll hopefully improve in that process and it won't be as nerve wracking. So mm-hmm. like I I I I spent I think like those last two weeks um <laughs> before like when I made the decision okay it's gonna go out in November because I was actually planning to to do it in December and then I pushed it up and those two weeks I I don't I, I mean my anxiety was like through the roof just like is it ready is it not ready yeah. kind of like yeah that that second guessing the imposter syndrome like kicking in and mm-hmm. but um i finally said you know my husband kind of said something like okay but you you put it out and if people don't like it they don't like it you write another one and i'm like okay, exactly yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah 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 that's what it is so, that's what it you is. know he kind of said it like so nonchalant and i'm like oh my god but um 
yeah no it's just trying to balance yeah 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 but i think you have a hell of a lot to be like super super proud of as far as the book but like i said i've seen a few people on tiktok and, and book talk and like i'm reading this book and i'm like ooh, yeah i know that person i know that person <laughs> i get so excited when i know people like, personally who like have books out so anyway, I, I, i'm like a big like the biggest fan of people like, i know personally that i like, get their books yes so, agreed agreed so, so what do you feel like has made you like since honing your craft what has made you a better writer um since you've like started writing to now to getting this debut out what are some things that have made you like a better writer actually the we're, we're always that, getting better but you know yeah yeah the editing process I think when you, i'm i'm not a, yeah i'm probably a fast writer you know um, compared to to a little bit of everything right but i i do believe i'm a fast writer when i have the time um, mm-hmm. And I'm just putting out, I'm not sitting there trying to like pinpoint every like perfect craft when I'm doing that first mm-hmm. draft. I'm really just letting the story flow, but I'm a plotter. Um, mm-hmm. So something that has helped me write cleaner is to realize how much time the editing process um, took me for, you know, this book and mm-hmm. how much kind of back and forth. So that that part is definitely, now I think I'm more careful with what I'm putting on the page um, mm-hmm. kind of thinking of, of the time that I want to take with the revisions and, and, and how that needs to look like. So I, mm-hmm. I did see, obviously, an improvement, um, you know, from one book to the other. The other thing that I've learned for myself, for my craft, is I can leave big, big gaps in between touching a manuscript. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of lose the, the sense of it, even though the characters are still living in my brain. Um, and I kind of, it was like this momentum that you start building, Mm-hmm. And and you could actually tell, you know, when, when I'm editing, I could tell when I was like writing every day and then maybe I stopped for a week and then I picked it up again. So mm-hmm. another thing that that for, for the sake of my craft that I've promised myself is for the most part, don't start a manuscript until you know that you have the space to kind of go through it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like definitely that. But yeah, just kind of those little, you know, so many craft books that you could read and what you could do to self-edit and every single one of those tips you know i kind of just try to internalize as best as possible mm. okay so let's talk about the book all right let's talk about the plot bunny that like sold the seed for this book where did you get like the ideas from and you know what was kind of the impetus for this story of childhood you know friends getting a second chance at romance so you know, I was mentioning to you earlier that when I moved here, kind of like my 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 community and the people that kind of embraced me um, was like an amazing like just group of friends that were already very established. And it was just kind of all black, mix of ethnicities, a few, you know, mestizo Latinos. Um, and it was such a tight crew. And mm-hmm. there was a lot of like kind of dynamics happening and, you know, kind of love and friendship and all of that. Mm-hmm. And when I was kind of sitting down and thinking about it, I'm like, you know, how, how does a love story look for someone that, you know, similar than me or similar than someone like, you know, our kids or how does mm-hmm. that look like? Um, and that really was kind of like what started the overall um, process and the kind of mm-hmm. like the idea. But I do think that, you know, I, I don't want to spoil the book, but if you read the book, 
um, you realize that there's also like a big theme throughout. And that theme was from, you know, a, a family situation that, that we went through three years ago. Um, mm. And I don't, I, it was not conscious at all. Like I, I, I had that aha moment after the book was done and I'm like, oh my God, like I, I was definitely kind of working through some of that to see my family mm. go through mm-hmm. it. Um, and, and yeah, like it, sometimes you don't even realize when you're working through something until you're actually done. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's definitely yeah. a little bit of that in, in the book. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm also not going to give that away either, but you, you mentioned you kind of touched on that. So how did writing the book kind of heal you from like that family situation that was going on? And how did it, how did it kind of like ease you through that? Cause being creative can also help you through that pain. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I think it more than anything is kind of like being in a place to understand that everyone kind of goes through it differently. Right. Like everyone, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's kind of like deals with pain and, and loss and sorrow differently. And um, as as friends, as family, we kind of have to understand that and give each other space and support, right? And kind of like realize when, when you actually need help and when actually you need space. So it was a little bit of that, a little bit of acknowledgement of the strength of my family members um, and what they've been through. And, you know, like, mm-hmm. yes, it was, it was hard for me, but it's nothing compared to, you know, my family members. So mm-hmm. it was just also like a celebration of that strength and, and a recognition of that strength. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's I yeah I don't want to I don't want to give anything away. But that part <laughs> of the story is like really touching for me, and I was yeah I was going through it. I was going through it too. But Gay Gay Gabo is he okay? Well, how did you craft this like near perfect book boyfriend? Like, oh my goodness! <laughs> Everyone says that about him, and it's so he funny because that, that's not what I was looking for. Boyfriend, yes, he is, girl. Oh, Stop hilarious. lying. <laughs> yes, he is. Stop lying. He is like the near perfect book boyfriend. Like, what was your? Who was your inspiration for him? And like his 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 whole his whole everything is just so. Ugh. It's just so <laughs> swoony. I don't know. I, that's the only word I have for it. Don't that is it. hilarious. It's so swoony. But what what was what was your inspiration for him? For oh my god, know? no! I you know it's funny. One of the things that you know, hopefully, my readers will start noticing about my books is that when I sit down and I think about character arcs, I don't always want everyone to be going through this like mountain of an arc through the book. Mm-hmm. Um. Because especially, you know, like I'm writing for the most part, 30 something year old, you know, 40 something. And at that point in our life, we have figured some things out, hopefully. Right, right. Um, So some of the characters are probably just reconfirming the things that they figured out about themselves. And that Mm. was where he was coming from compared Mm. to her, right? Like Mm. Alicia was more into the like, (sighs) there's some things she was working through. Life has thrown a lot of, you know, hits at her. Right, but always, you know, some self awareness, but not there. But he has a lot of self awareness. So, um, yeah, every year at work, I have a word um, that I tell my team. I'm like, this is the word. This is the you know the word of the year. Um, mm-hmm. And self awareness was the word of 2019, right before COVID, and that kind of like mm-hmm. kept on like <laughs> percolating in my mind when I was writing him. <laughs> Yeah. Um, he's a self-aware person. He knew the things that he's learned of himself, the things that he needed to kind of work on. There's moments that he kind of falls into the same patterns and then realizes and kind of pushes himself out of it. Mm-hmm. So that was all. It really wasn't, you know, I, I was coming from that place, right? Like I was mm-hmm. coming from a place of, of uh, a little bit more of a gentle arc. 
Mm, okay. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take your word for it. <laughs> 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 I'm going to take your word. I'm like, he is just so perfect. If he was like a real person, I can see why, you know, all this swooniness. But any, anyway, I'm just being ridiculous. So, <laughs> so um, oh, God, I forgot what I was going to ask you. <laughs> I'm a bit late. <laughs> um, what? So, you know, culturally, you have everything, a lot of Afro-Panamanian uh, stuff in here, a lot of Afro-Caribbean. What is it culturally that you want your romance to say about your culture? What do you want, like, outside, people outside of the diaspora, outside of the Latinx community uh, to know about your culture when they're reading your romance? I want... First, our community, our intercommunity, to realize mm-hmm. how alike we are more than we're different. I think mm-hmm. there's always a lot of discourse about the things that you know. And absolutely, there's difference. There's a different different life lived. If you're black, born, you know, and and raised here, um, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, descendant of enslaved versus mm-hmm. maybe someone that's coming from the Caribbean that usually is also, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. descendant of enslaved and, and same for us in, in, you know, Latin America, especially mm-hmm. for us that actually, you know, come from just Caribbean heritage and just moved mm-hmm. and migrated. Like a lot of us are just migrants and kind of trying to find that place that is home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's such a commonality, you mm-hmm. know, in our whole community, it's just finding that place that is home, mm-hmm. um, the food, how we were raised, I just want to highlight the the where we are alike. Um, mm, and yes, mm. you know, there's definitely differences there. But I think sometimes we focus so much on the differences that, you know, romance is meant to be not just hopefully, you know, yes, it's love stories, it's happily ever afters, but just a little bit of social commentary whenever we can. And it's, it's definitely speaking of that. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things of this particular series that I wanted to also explore and, and you know, it kind of comes through the, the, the three book series is, mm-hmm. you know, if you are in a place of privilege as a Black person, how do you, what is your responsibility? How do you go about that responsibility? Mm. Um, how do you make sure that your community is taken care of? What what are the routes to take? And I certainly mm-hmm. don't have the answers, but I mm-hmm. wanted to explore a little bit of that as well um, mm-hmm. in these three books. So, there, so there's going to be three books. So what, yes. are the, so what are the next two, I don't, don't want to jump too much ahead. But what are the next two books going to focus? What are they going to focus on? What characters are they going to focus on? So if you've read the first book, the second book is um, Alicia's cousin and um, it's Mariana. And Mason mm-hmm. is um, Gabo's best friend. And mm. there's a third character um, because this isn't actually a polyamorous um, romance. And my uh, my beta readers are just right now giving me feedback, and I'm so excited about this book. Mm. Um, But yeah, it explores those those three characters, Um, Mm -hmm. and then uh, the third book, which I'm starting to plot now, which will probably be out around the summer if everything Mm -hmm. paces well, um, is about the last cousin. So um, it's it's um, Ayala and you have, you know, Alicia is like kind of like the middle and one of mm-hmm. them is a paternal cousin and the other one is a maternal cousin and they're Got all it. the three of them best friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, so nice. it's the story of okay. the three of them. Yeah, it's the story mm-hmm. of the three of them um, and her story is last and they're all in different ways 
um, friends to lovers, but like different perspectives of friends to lovers. Okay. Okay. And it's, it's, I think this might be one of the first times I'm hearing about a series that features, like, I, I hear cousins sometimes, but I think for us as, you know, folks of the diaspora, people don't realize how much we uh, have importance with cousins. And how cousins are also extensions of siblings too, you know what I mean? So a cousin yep. is not just your cousin; your cousin is also your sister, your cousin yes. is also your yep. best friend. Your cousin is also so that. So yeah, I I, yeah. I really like that. Let I, I can't I can't wait to 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 you know read the next one in 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 the series after I finish this one, of course. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I I'm half I'm halfway through, girl. I'm telling you. But I, I've got, I, I'm, I'm not, I've got, I got to the really dark breakup part. But oh, God. But um, <laughs> I'm almost there. Um, so what do you want people to take up? But we've talked a little bit about this. But what do you want people to, like, kind of take away from your writing and your series? And um, like you said, that we're more alike than we are different. But what is like what would be a success for you as far as the entire series is concerned as a debut author um wow i i think if you would have asked me before i published i would have said sales but not really i would say discourse you know that that there Mm -hmm. are a group of readers that i'm hoping i'm reaching and i'm gonna reach little by little Mm -hmm. as i build Mm -hmm. you know in my books and um Mm -hmm hopefully is 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 building a readership that is loyal and mm-hmm. that enjoys the books that that you know mm-hmm. are always there um kind of like excited about where the characters are going mm-hmm. um that see the threads that I'm trying to hopefully highlight um yeah mm-hmm. I think that will be success for me it, it, it wouldn't you know I you know, I joke about, you know, hopefully, hopefully retiring from my, you know, day career and, and being able to focus <laughs> on my night career. Yeah. But I think, you know, immediate success for me right now would be that would be kind of that, mm-hmm. oh, my God, book two is coming out and the excitement and, 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 you know, people hopefully enjoying the book and also kind of looking at it critically. Um, You know, I'm not a perfect writer by any means. I'm not. um you know, uh, I didn't go to school for it. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm very aware of that. But hopefully the story is engaging enough that um, there's like critical um, kind of, you kind of take it for, for, for what I hope, you know, people take it for. So that, that would be kind of like immediate success. And I think hopefully in the mm-hmm. future, it's just kind of that loyal, loyal readership and I'm building that community. Okay. So we're getting to the end of our interview. I can I know the time has just gone by, but um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, what we're, we're gonna play like a little quick game. It's like a fast round, sort of like uh, in the actor's studio where they ask you a bunch of questions and kind of get your first answer. So, um, is there an author, like if someone was new to romance, what author, new or old, would you tell them to read first? Um, I particularly and not because I'm part of the group but I absolutely love um, Tasha's books Tasha L. Harrison so I there's something mm-hmm. about her characters that speak to me and I think maybe because you know her, the first book that I read from her was also um, you know um, after that I kind of was like oh my god I see myself and mm-hmm. um, another 
author that does that a lot for me, Sariana Herrera. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I see mm-hmm. myself in this story. So um, mm-hmm. definitely, yeah, definitely there. I, def- I definitely, I, I've read a lot of Adriana Herrera as well. And I, I see the vibe that is definitely the same vibe. I can see you and her having like a, a good, if you ever meet her, a good, good <laughs> chemistry going on. Because I have very similar vibes with your book. Like very yeah. similar. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> what is your favorite book as a kid? Um, or what was your favorite book as a kid, rather? You know, it was um, it was Little Women. You know, mm. I don't know what it was about that book that I read over and over again. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what it was about that book, but I, I really I like I like I like Little Women too. Like I've read probably every adaptation of it um, <laughs> that's come out. I just read Bethany Morrow's version of it um, um, with all the black girls in the Civil War. I'm reading the Bennett Women now. Um, so yeah, I've read every yeah, I'm with you. I've read every every version of that. Do you like writing heroes or villains? Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's really villains between your books, so I mean I can't No, that. not yet. <laughs> okay. I think I okay, I think I know the answer to this one. Do you like writing love scenes or dramatic arguments? Girl love scenes. <laughs> Where's your favorite place to write? My desk, my office. I have it all set up with candles and crystals and all the woo-woo. <laughs> so I love woo-woo. writing here. And I get woo-woo. to, you know, kind of have my space, mm-hmm. you know, because, mm-hmm. so yeah, I love writing here. Okay. Um, do you read or don't read your book reviews? Have you had how many? Have you had any like a lot of book reviews coming in? Some of them have come more like from um, you know influencers like either in Instagram or uh, Book Talk. Um, mm-hmm. Not so much yet in Amazon and Goodreads. So you know, hopefully that happens. But again, um, keeping it all positive. Um, but I, I don't mind reading them. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't engage with them in a way that um, I don't, try not to take it personal. Um, if there are any commonalities more on the craft side of things or how they receive mm-hmm. the story, then, you know, mm-hmm. that might be something that not precisely is going to change how I write, but something that I might keep in mind. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I try not to take it personal. Um, mm-hmm. Once the book is out, it's out, right? Like I can't go yeah. back and rewrite it. So yeah. there's always yeah. this book. Yeah. Um, the last romance novel that you read? Um, I, I am uh, uh, listening to Being Hospitable by Mika James. Mm, mm, yeah. I like Mika James. Yes. Yeah, very good. Um, do you write to music? And if so, um, what's your favorite music to write to? I wish I could write to music. I can listen to music mm. to hype myself up. Mm-hmm. And then I have to turn it off while I'm writing the scene. And I between mm. scenes, I turn it back on. Um, and it depends on the book, right? Like the first book, there was a lot of like kind of like nostalgia, old songs that I listened to because of their mm-hmm. story. This mm-hmm. second book has been all Soka because, um, you know, her cousin is is half Panamanian, half Trini. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of Soka. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it depends on the book. It depends on the book. Mm-hmm. Do you make playlists for your books? I made one for book two, definitely. And I've, okay. I've just made one for book three um, okay. because it definitely helps me get in the mood 
Um, but mm-hmm. but once I'm writing, writing, I have <laughs> I I end up like dancing and singing, so I I can't. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Especially if it has words, I, I usually don't write to words. Um, is there a book that's out that you really love that you're like, gosh, I wish I would have written that or no? Oh wow. Um. Uh, I would say, um, you know, any of the polyamorous books from Katrina Jackson are amazing. Like that's my jam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because the way that she writes polyamory romance is not, I would say the con, you know, the conventional MMF or you know MFF. Um, mm-hmm. There's this uh, subtlety to it of how she does it that I really like and admire. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely that. Where the where the relationship is just as important as the physicality. I exactly, think. exactly. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm not there yet, but definitely, I I just love how those story. You know how she tells those stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if if a light becomes a movie, who would you want to play Alicia and Gable? You know, it's 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 funny because like I, I never think about it that way. Um, <laughs> but I would say for Gable, um. Drove from from insecure. He's actually um, Panamanian. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and um, I really like him as an actor. Um, mm. And I don't know for for this is not like an exact like a replica of how she looks. Um, mm-hmm. But Michelle Bateau, I don't know why. Uh, mm-hmm. I kind of like you know maybe she was a little darker skin. She would be for Alicia. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, she's well, she's Haitian, so yeah. I mean, she uh, is exactly. from the you know, yeah, yeah, she's, she's from, from the Caribbean, Miami, yeah, the yeah. Caribbean, yeah. So yeah. that's all. That's, I can see that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, where do you see romance novels going in like the next decade? Well, where would you like to see them going? Let's say, uh, <laughs> um, I won black indie authors to get their recognition that they deserve mm-hmm. um, I mm-hmm. want authors of color to get their recognition that they deserve um, I think oof, it's not a bad thing it's something that we have to work on mm-hmm. every time you turn around online and someone asks for a recommendation it's always the same three four mm-hmm. you know black authors nothing mm-hmm. against those they're amazing but mm-hmm. there's a plethora of talent in the indie community and mm-hmm. I you know the, I'm talking about broader recognition because they have their fans and their loyal fans so at the end mm-hmm. of the day you know they're eating they're good right right there's so much talent there that is not recognized um so really it would just be that that space kind of kind of opens up and that we mm-hmm. realize that there's so much out there for for readers to explore yeah 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 and when you're when you've made all your money from all your books and you retired um back to Panama and have a big <laughs> house and everything <laughs> what do you want readers to say about what you write? Sorry. Um you know, I wanna say that um, you know, they got hungry while they were reading it because the food sounds amazing. <laughs> Maybe go, go and find a recipe and try it out. Um mm-hmm. No, I want them to kind of, you know, maybe um, just be inspired by the love story, the kind of the second mm-hmm. chance feel of it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of realize that we don't, you know, that, you know, when you see what she's going through, that there's space for love, even in, you know, in hard times mm-hmm. and, and difficult times. So definitely that, that's what I would want mm-hmm. it to come through. And, you know, there's something, there's, I, I'm, I'm not a comedic writer, mm-hmm. uh, but I do try to infuse comedy into what I, I, I and, and it's not like in a way of it, like, oh yeah, this is a rom-com, not at all. I would never say that any of mm-hmm. my books are that but it's more mm-hmm. in an acknowledgement that even in the hardest day right like you know you might come home or you've worked the whole day at home and you're tired and you know you're kind of just like calling your best friend and stuff and you guys just kind of mm-hmm. shit and start like laughing mm-hmm. and stuff even mm-hmm. in those harder hardest times you know you still kind of get to laugh and mm-hmm. some of that I always try to kind of thread to it like even in the hardest times like just, just laugh a little just laugh a little just laugh a little yeah, yeah. so I got one more quick question yeah. what is your most unusual writing quirk like something you do while you're writing that's very very odd it's mm. a good question um <laughs> what's my <sighs> I don't know I would <laughs> Again, like self awareness. I have no idea. What do I do that is weird? <laughs> no, I just I do kind of get like fully absorbed when I am writing, almost to the fact that like this is not good. People don't do it, but I'll be like, mm. like I need to go to the restroom when I'm holding because I want to just finish that scene. It's <laughs> yeah. not a very healthy thing to do, mm. but mm. yeah, that might be a quirk that maybe I need to work on. <laughs> Oh, you can be, you can like start wearing the pins while you write. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> if we get to that point, we got problems. <laughs> I would know, uh, but you'd be like the lady with the astronaut, and she's driving with her diaper. No, sis, we, we need you to like not do that. No, 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 no ma'am. Unless not unless you're like eighty and still writing. I know exactly. Then then I can but do whatever no. I want. When, I cannot wait to be 80 because I'm just going to be one of those like old ladies that just says whatever she wants to say. I cannot wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But, um, this has been such a wonderful conversation. I don't want to take any more of your time, but thank you so much, AH, for coming on. So where can the people find you on social media and where can they get your book? Okay, so um, you can find me on Instagram or TikTok because apparently, I don't know, I could TikTok, I don't know. Um, AHC writes um, and in Twitter if you kind of want to see a little bit more of like you know the spicy side of me um, AH Cunningham one um, and then you could find the books um, they're, they're, it's published wide right now I'm probably going to ship that to Amazon soon um, but yeah you can find it on Amazon and, and other retailers so hopefully you enjoy it and thank you so much for having me this was so much fun this Thanks. was awesome. Thank you so, awesome. so much. Okay, okay, wait for you to come back on and talk about the next couple books in the series. And I know awesome. we'll have some more stuff to kiki and laugh about. Yeah. So, yeah anytime so, you invite me, I'll be here. Yeah, so thank you so much for coming Thank on. you. All right. You all enjoyed that interview with A.H. Cunningham. We talked about so much. And again, she has crafted the perfect book boyfriend in Gabrielle. Um, if you are interested in more of A.H. Cunningham and her works that are coming out, like she said, this is a trilogy series, so the next book should be out in a couple months. You can find her at A.H. 
cunninghamauthor.com. All of her places on social media are linked there as well. All right, Yakini. So what are we um, watching this week in watching romance? First of all, um, what about last week's movies? Did you did you like anything over the Christmas break? Oh, I mean, like Christmas over the Thanksgiving break. Um, there were so many movies. Um, so many. I I enjoyed so many. My t- oh my goodness. I mean, let's see. I think my favorite. Well, I, okay, so I'll list some of the ones that I watched because I had to write them down because it was so many. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. of course, Merry Little Christmas Baby. We've Perfect. been looking forward to that yes. for a while. Yes. Yes. That was just impeccable. It was wonderful. I enjoyed it was that. Wonderful. I'm yes. just so glad they're keeping that series going. And I, I love how they kind of hinted and teased at like Merry Little Christmas holiday or vacation, I think, for the next yes. installment. Um, so, mm-hmm. that was wonderful. You know, just Kelly Rowland. I just love her in that, as well as the yes. other actresses and, and actors. I'm wondering um, why um what's her name wasn't on there though. Like they the had mom, kind of Debbie, the mom, Debbie. Maybe it was a it COVID thing. A, a, um, a conflict in filming because and or you know what I mean. I yeah. thought like maybe she was going to surprise them and come in late, but when the movie progressed and I realized she wasn't featured. And you know, as the matriarch, she's such a major role, so it definitely appeared to be maybe she just wasn't available for filming. So yeah. that that sucked, but I appreciated that she was involved. You know, kind of as it would be. You know, they were facetiming her and all that. But yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely miss Debbie Morgan in there. Yeah, you know, she's such a wonderful staple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actress. So yeah. that was a loss, but mm-hmm. it was really, really cute. I watched mm-hmm. that while I was trimming my tree. Um, yeah. So I had to keep, I had to rewind it a few times because I didn't give it my full attention, but it was one of those things you can enjoy it in the background. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I loved Miracle in Motor City, obviously with Smokey Robinson and Tia Mori. I'd been looking forward to that one, and what I enjoyed he about Smokey's stiff face. <laughs> His face looked a little better. I think it wasn't super fresh Botox, so he was looking natural and age appropriate. So. <laughs> But, you know, I like that, I guess, because he was involved in the movie. I don't yeah. know if he helped produce it, but I, I appreciated that Lifetime was allowed to use some actual Motown classics. I don't know yeah, if you noticed that. But, you know, they played, like, several, you know, like, songs that we know and love. There were some Temptations. I heard Marvin Gaye. And, you know, usually in these Hallmark and Lifetime movies, you can tell they kind of make their own music. Because they're not going to, you know, pay for the licensing or whatever. Yeah. Of like some Christmas carols that come on the radio, but yeah, they they use real Motown music, so that was like yeah. this one. Probably helped that Smokey wrote a lot of those songs. Exactly. So I mean, yeah. So it he's like, look, nice I'm gonna be in this movie. movie. I'm gonna get paid too. Right. You know? Exactly. So, hey. I get so, it. Yeah. I don't it was get nice it. to see an old star because usually you might they do that occasionally. They'll put in like a Patty LaBelle or a Gladys Knight and mm-hmm. stuff. So it was nice mm-hmm. to see a legend in in this movie. And then yeah. also just the the subplot of um there was obviously the romance storyline, but the subplot of her adopting this foster daughter was just so sweet. I, I don't know if I was PMS, but I definitely like <laughs> heard that several times in the movie. So yeah, it was yeah. It was special i enjoyed it i thought um, she had really good chemistry with the dude too she really did he was very mm-hmm. handsome it was just mm-hmm. it was a very nice movie they mm-hmm. didn't let that kind of you know that what do you call the the trope that's like kind of a little negative it's light negative but that yeah. didn't go on for too long like he immediately was like i was offered the opportunity to tour but i turned it down so yeah, it wasn't yeah. you know how usually they would have her overhear him saying it that he was going on tour and she mm-hmm. was devastated and then think he's being slick so yeah i like how yeah. they did it um, so those were my top two. Some other ones that were just cute that I enjoyed. 
Um, you make it feel like Christmas. That was with your boo, Michael Xavier. And I love that one. Did so you I, love that I, one? I like that one a lot. Okay. I, I'm not big on military stuff. Okay. But he was so charming in the doggone movie. And the girl, she was, she was okay. She was a little stiff. But yeah, um, yeah. but on charming in the, in he the was movie so and his, just and so to sweet get and stuff. yeah yes and real talk homegirl we shouldn't have won you know what i mean it was not cute but anyway it, was, it wasn't <laughs> it, was and it, was, it was like a sweet thing he was doing trying to get her home yeah. that was almost like is that a reason to be mad at him but i guess because she'd been yeah. in this controlling father-daughter relationship for so long mm-hmm, she felt mm-hmm. like don't try to control and manipulate me but it was yeah. you know if that's your biggest crime, trying to bring her home because you wanted to relive the early memories yeah. and make his dad happy. You know, like, you, you, this is the first year you lost your mom. So, yeah, she should have been home. Yeah. So, yeah that, yeah, that one was very sweet. I enjoyed that. And yeah. then I also enjoyed Baking Spirits Bright. That was with really the different, yeah. It was. And, you know, they had to grow on me as leading man and leading lady. Like, mm-hmm. initially, I wasn't a fan of Rekka. I hadn't seen her before, and she kind of had a more, like a, she was a little more serious and stern than I think yeah. typically these women are. And yeah. Dion, I don't know how to say his name, John Stone, Johnston, mm-hmm. he wasn't kind of the traditional, you know, I hadn't seen him before in one of these movies, but I really, mm-hmm. and they grew on me, I enjoyed it. You know, she was very attached to, you know, tradition, and I always like those. Of course, it's kind of a the plot where this outside advertising executive is hired to help promote the family business, but she wants to keep the tradition. So they had a cute little romance. Um, I really enjoyed yeah. it. It was a sweet yeah. Movie. Yeah, I, 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 I honestly like the subplot with the brother. And, and yes, him liking yes. the the guy. Oh, they've been so, doing that so. That, I feel like in all of these movies, there's like said there's like a gay couple because even yes. if you make it feel like Christmas. Remember, were, yeah, his yeah. cousin and her partner. Mm-hmm. They alluded to a little. They didn't say outright, mm-hmm. but they definitely alluded to they were attracted to one another. Yeah. Yes. This subplot was very cute with her yep. brother and his assistant. Um, even though he botched that first social media campaign with the. Baby <laughs> <laughs> he was so that bad. Was yeah, it was barf so cake hashtag. Yeah, she was so upset. <laughs> um, they uh, they did put. We talked last time about. I talked about how I loved Henderson Wade. He was mm-hmm. the actor who starred opposite um, Tatiana Ali in that. What's the photography one? that I liked picture perfect picture yeah so he starred opposite her and I really liked him and I know you had mentioned that he had been in some other Christmas movies Mm -hmm. so it looks like they actually popped that back on Netflix you know how Netflix yeah so this week they put Snowbound for Christmas back on Netflix so I was able to enjoy yeah that was from 2019 Mm-hmm. So that was with Henderson Wade and Zarin Darnell Martin. And basically mm-hmm. she was snowed in on a work trip with her boss. Um, and they started dating. And it was kind of a little awkward because you know, like you're dating the boss in a Me Too movement, mm-hmm. you know, a Me Too deck, you know, era. It's a little bit weird, but they both kind of admitted they were falling in love. And it, it was cute. Yeah. I enjoyed it very it was much. Cute. That, that was one of my that's favorites. on Netflix now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm in the middle of Adventures and Christmasing. That's a VH1. You know, VH1 has some cute ones now and stuff. Yeah, they, yeah, so they that's with Kim Fields, Kel Mitchell, and Eva Marcel. I didn't get to finish mm-hmm. it, y'all, because there were so many movies. Did I, I have that one? one? Yeah, I have that one that recorded. Yeah, I have that one recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, and what else did, what did I, I watch? I watched The Nine Kittens of Christmas. This one didn't have any black people in it, but it was a follow-up to like my one of my favorite Hallmark movies of all time, oh, okay. which is The Nine Lives of Christmas. 
Oh. So it was a follow up, and I didn't know in this version, the in this sequel, that the couple had broke up. Oh, and okay. they were like, you know, she had gone on to do a residency or whatever, and she was mm-hmm. actually dating. Um, what's my boy name? Uh, not um, not Jamie Kalika, the other one, um, Nathan Witt. She okay. was dating him. And, um, you know, they had a practice together and she wasn't mm-hmm. really feeling him, but she went home and she saw the guy who was a firefighter. They had found these abandoned kitties and they're trying <laughs> to get the adopting, getting homes for them. Oh, it was just so sweet. And they, of course they got together and, oh, it was just, they, they, that couple just has such good chemistry. Chemistry. Right? Yeah. The good way they chemistry is everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I watched, um, a castle, a castle for Christmas on Netflix, and this one had Brooke Shields in it. Okay. Oh, Brooke Shields stand, so I was gonna watch it. And it had Carrie Ellis <laughs> in it from The Princess Bride. Okay, and All she played princess- a romance author whose last book tanks, and she goes and buys a a failing castle in Scotland owned by uh, Carrie Ellis, and you know he's with, like this cantankerous old duke. Like the twelfth Duke of Dun Dunbar okay. or whatever his name is. As we speak, that sounds so good. I love a, yep. a trope of like an author who's like having writer's block and then yep. goes away. I just love that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it popped up immediately. That's yeah. So yeah. It's so it's, it's, it's like it's it's very popular. So it's 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 up there. Um and and I also watched Who Is Christmas Eve. Um that was on uh Bounce I believe or BT. Okay. Um but it was starred Paige Heard. I think she plays on uh, Power. Okay. Um, with with she's the blonde girl on Power. The black girl with blonde hair on Power. Okay. Uh, Romeo was in it. Romeo Miller. Oh. It was such a cute movie. Wait, what was, was it not, called? Who is Christmas Eve? Who is Christmas Eve? Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. And uh, it was super cute. I really liked it. It was about a girl trying to find her parents, and mm-hmm. she was left on the doorstep at Christmas Eve. Okay. Um, and you know she was trying to find her parents, and she didn't want to marry Romeo until she found out who she was, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he decides to hire this detective to kind of find oh, out nice. who she was. Yeah. I thought the detective was gonna be like her mom or something like. There's gonna be some weird twist, but right. it wasn't. Okay. Um, it was it was just a really good kind of heartwarming. What network was movie. that on? Um, it was it came on Bounce. Okay, Bounce. Okay. I don't know if you have Bounce, but I have Bounce. Okay. Um, you know I'm in Atlanta. I got all the black stations. Yeah. <laughs> bounce. I don't know about Bounce um, now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm also I know tonight, um, Chestnut Family Christmas Holiday is on own. Okay. And that's gonna have Megan Holder, Jamie Kalika. So other things, it's about a girl who's faking her fiance, uh, okay. having a fake fiance to come pretend to be her man at Christmas. Mm-hmm. So that's what actually recording right now uh, as we speak. Okay. And so there are a couple of things I'm definitely looking forward to. Yeah. Um, Lifetime has, oh my God, Lifetime is really giving us what we need. I'm like, you. I mean, oh my God. Or catch up now, baby, because Lifetime is. I'm saying. They've got saying. so many. Hallmark only it has one more black movie for us okay. this whole season. Mm-hmm. And so um, Hallmark on the fourth has our Christmas journey with Holly Robinson Pete. Okay. About um, a lady, a single mom and her autistic son. And, okay. Um, you know, trying to find love and, and uh-huh. some other things. 
Um, and then Lifetime has given us like five movies over the weekend. Um, this week, but one of them is I know one of them is I, tonight. I, I, I have a question. So I know we got our dose of our Tia and Tamira dose. We got our Tatiana Ali. Did we mm. get a Keisha Napoleon movie this season? I do not have a Keisha Napoleon. I can't believe that. I know we didn't get a Kyla Pratt one, but she doesn't consistently nope. give us one. It's a nope. treat when she does, but it's not like every year. But nope. Keisha was up there with the Mori girls and and Tatiana. I can't believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we got some. But we got some other people to look forward to. We do other yeah. other movies so that are coming up this week. Yeah. Um. But um. We have saying yes for Christmas. Okay. Um, that's that's coming on tonight actually. What and then I'm coming on. Um. That's on Lifetime. Um. Okay. That has. Oh God. What is his name? I cannot think of his name. But he is black. <laughs> and it, and then um Christmas dance reunion that I'm hype about. Because it got my girl, my boy Corbin Blue in it from, yes, yes. from high school musical with the other girl that got high school musical. So I'm hyped about that. Christmas Dance Reunion, that comes on mm-hmm. on the third. And then the Gospel Christmas with Kurt Franklin, that comes on on the fourth. And then my favorite yes, Christmas. Yeah, that was going to be so good. Yeah. And then, name from real? Um, Demetria McKinney. Demetria McKinney, like yes. And then um, it's going to have a lot of good singing and stuff in it. So that's going to mm-hmm. be good. And then my favorite Christmas melody comes on the fifth, and it has Maya in it with um uh with um Cree Summers' brother, um son son Franks. I think this is his name. Oh, son I was Frank. like, who is Cree Summers' brother? Okay, yeah, her, his name is like Son Franks. I, I didn't know he acted. Name. Cool. Yeah, he acts. He was, oh, he was in that movie. Was it last year where he was British and him and the other girl switched houses? Oh, you remember that one? Uh uh-uh. uh it was cute. Maybe it came on kind of late yeah. in the season, but it was cute. Okay. Um, and then Beautiful. Netflix is giving us some LGBT and interracial love with Single All the Way that comes on the second. Okay. It has um the guy that used to play on Ugly Betty. I can't think of his name, but Kathy and Jimmy. And then it's about this guy who brings his best friend home. Mm-hmm. Um, his, his best friend who's always kind of been in love with him and hasn't really said anything, but right. the mom is constantly like trying to hook her son up you know, on dates right. or whatever. And so he, the, she finally hooks him up on this really super hot blind date and then the best friend realizes that, he, you know, his feelings are like, right, know, real. So that, it seems like that's going to be super cute. So yeah. Netflix has some cute ones. I also started to watch Christmas Flow. Um, it's a series though. So I didn't really, I'm like, I ain't finna watch no series for Christmas. I don't know about that. Okay. But um, it's it's French. So it's subtitles and stuff. But, Christmas um, love, and yeah, I know Christmas VH1 love. has the bitch who stole Christmas. Oh, that's what yes with RuPaul, girl. Yes, <laughs> I'm so excited for that. Yeah, that should be cute. That comes that's on every Thursday. So cute. Yes. Yeah. So, so the name of that, it tickled me. Yeah. Yeah. So that comes on Thursday, <laughs> and then BET has um the business of Christmas. The business um, of Christmas. Okay. Mm-hmm, the business of Christmas. Um, that's gonna be Jennifer Freeman. What day uh, is that? That's next week. The too. second. No, that's the second. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the second. Um, next week is some other stuff. I'll talk about the stuff from next week, okay. but that's some other stuff. But right now, the business of Christmas, that's gonna be on. I I did watch Soul Santa with David Mann and Tamala Man. Oh <laughs> it was it was hygiene child. It was so it was such shenanigans, but it was it was a good family movie to watch, yeah. you know. Um, and then, like you said, VH1, because they're owned by Paramount, is showing a bunch of the Christmas movies that the Paramount station is showing. Yes. Um, so this week they have Cluster Funk Christmas. Um, uh, Vela Lavelle is in that one. 
and then what's uh, it Kim- called? Cluster Funk Christmas. Okay, that's on the fourth, and then on the sixth is the Hip Hop Family Christmas. Okay, so that one's gonna have Carrie Hilson, MC Light, Redman, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, Soraya, Neo, all these people. Jamie Foxx is producing it, so that comes right. on the sixth. So that's going to be really, really good. And like you said, Adventures in Christmas, and that came on yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a whole bunch of stuff. Yes, they do. Um, they have another one called Let's Get Married, but I don't have a date for that one. I think it's the 13th, but I don't I don't think they have it up yet, so you can record it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's going to be up there. And then like I said, on Chestnut Family, Christmas is the 30th. And then another one, Sisterly Christmas, with our girl Deborah Joy Wine is. That's gonna be the seventh. So mm-hmm. no, we don't have anything with um Tatiana. Um, no, not Tatiana. Lee, um, with uh, Kyla Pratt or um, yeah, Keisha Knight Pulliam this year. So I don't know. You know, Keisha Knight Pulliam just got married, so maybe. But her yeah, husband she's just taking a time off, and that's but, fine. But her husband Brad is gonna be in this movie to the Chestnut Family Holiday. Brad James, oh. he's the he's the love interest. So he's yeah yeah he's done movies before I think that's where we first met him. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. um, yes, but only gonna have some great movies this season too. Yeah. Uh, and there's another one, um, someday at Christmas. I think that comes on this weekend. That on TV one, um, Charles starring Asia Epperson mm-hmm. and Thomas Q Jones. Um, it's it's I don't know the premise of it, but okay. it just popped up on my TV to record. So. Uh-huh. Um, that's another one. So we, y'all, we got so many movies to watch. It's I'm ridiculous. telling you, there's no excuse. There's so much to watch. So, and on a special note, y'all know I've been talking about this movie Boxing Day, um, that's premiering in the UK. Well, I was like, well, how the hell am I gonna see this movie? It's in the <laughs> UK. Well, it's coming to Amazon Prime December seventeenth. So I am so hyped to watch that. Okay. I am just so excited, so so excited to watch that. So That's Boxing good. Day is going to be, you know, we haven't had. First of all, this is the first time that the UK has had an all black holiday movie, right? Which I think is wild. As, yeah. as, as, as a yes. person who is American, and I guess I'm taking I take shit for granted um, that you know that's the first time they've ever had an all black all star cast. Right, you know, kind of in the vein of a love actually, you know, type of movie, which is like one of my favorite movies, right? Um, and you know, centered around a black, you know, immigrant family, um, Jamaican, I think they're Jamaican, um, right. family. Um, so I'm just like, oh, come on, y'all, like, wow. y'all, y'all need to do better over there. All the black mm-hmm. people over in the UK, it, it ain't they do need to do better. It doesn't, it's just we can't be the only one in these damn movies. So, you right. know, <laughs> let, let's let's get let's give our other um black brothers and sisters over in exactly. the UK for love. So right. that's, again, so that's going to be coming on Hall, um, on um, Amazon Prime okay. on the 17th. So I'm so excited about that. Yeah, there's so much good stuff coming up. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. So in reading romance, y'all, I'm tired. I'm not reading nothing. I'm on a break. <laughs> <laughs> I gave y'all the list of all the wonderful things to read. Like I said, I've been on my romantic suspense. Mm-hmm. So I just finished Christmas Data Breach with KD Richards. Oh my God, that y'all was so good. It was but, so good. Um, okay. It was so good. You can't even get on these um suspense. I know you love Yeah, suspense. you know I love my mystery and romance. So yeah. So I, you you're gonna love those. Um okay. KD Richards, um, Denise Wheatley. Um, it's so many romantic suspense ones that are out there. But y'all y'all are gonna like that. And again, anyway, the list is up on 
Instagram TV okay. mm-hmm. um, for y'all to take a look at. And finally, in listening romance, I got one podcast to shout out, and it's with my friend Kat Wynn. It is the Tall, Dark, and Fictional podcast with Kat Wynn and Beatrice Strand, where they talk about all things, uh, of course, romance. They mm-hmm. talk about different, like, sexy, you know, romance dudes uh, and stuff. And then, you know, they get very naughty on there. So, um, <laughs> y'all, yeah, y'all will enjoy it. My friend Kat's um, book comes out, I think, in January, I think. Okay. Um, so, she'll be, I'll be debuting her novel in January as well. So, shout out to her. Good friend of mine. Um, okay. Crazy, I'm making all these friends in, in my 40s, but yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad I'm glad to be no. having this romance this romance community has like really afforded me a lot of um making a lot of friends such as Angela who came on last week yes. and such as A.H. Cunningham who were in the same kind of mentorship uh program and, and community um together so you know what I'm saying these are people who inspire me and everything right so I hope they inspire you to get out there and mm-hmm. read and if you want write if you want to so yeah um anyway so that's it um for me what about you Kenny? anything else you want to say before we um, no i'm just make sure i'm recording all of these movies that we have coming up so there's a lot <laughs> as we were talking i'm just kind of going through my dvr and making sure i have everything set to go oh i also week. i forgot i forgot which i forgot one that i watched i watched um, a rich family christmas that was on bt plus oh. um it had bill bellamy in okay. it and Vanessa A. Williams and it had our girl Brandy Evans from P Valley. P Valley comes back next next year, y'all. So it comes back in February. Um A so, Rich Christmas? Yeah, a rich a rich Christmas. Um, it's about his daughter who was a real spoiled brat. And you know, he takes her money and her credit cards away basically and teaches her a lesson about giving back to others during the holiday time. <laughs> So it was real. It was real cute. She's like, "Daddy, I want my credit cards." It, it, <laughs> and, and y'all, she she robs her dad. It's it's a mess, y'all. Y'all gotta y'all gotta see it. But oh, that it sounds was, so it was, hilarious. It was super super funny, super <laughs> funny. Um, but yeah, Brandy um Brandy Evans was in it as well. So I like I like that seeing sounds her. So cute. I'm gonna see if I can find that one. And there's another one. Um, I did not see it, but I know it's also on. Um. There are two more on BT Plus. So BT Plus has pretty much put out all their movies. Okay. Um. So the other one was Jenkins Family Holiday with Kim Coles, Regina Taylor, um, a whole bunch of folks. Tammy Townsend, directed by Robin Givens, <laughs> and that came out um on the 18th. It's like a whole bunch of hijinks and foolishness in that one as well. Okay. And then my girl Amber Raleigh has one called Christmas Deja Vu, where somebody just kind of wakes up. And over this is and over this again. week as well. Yeah, yeah, Christmas Day Vu came out on the twenty fifth. Okay. So, um, like BC Plus pretty much all has all their movies out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they usually will replay them again like the next week on BET. So right. if you look that's the good you, thing. There's always yeah. an encore. So yeah, miss- so so if you if you don't have BET plus, you can, you know, access them on BT or BT mm-hmm. Her. So they'll they'll be on there. So that one was called uh Christmas Deja Vu. And then there's another one, Mary Switchmas, uh, had Valerie Pettiford in it. If y'all know who Valerie Pettiford is, oh, we girl. love her. Half and we half, love her. Half and half. Yeah, yeah, she's so funny. She's so funny. Um, and oh, that one was God. on there too, where some people like switch places or whatever. 
some twin switch basically mm-hmm. um and so um that was on there as well so yeah bt got us covered too y'all we, we yeah. good we good we good we got a lot of movies to watch Definitely. so y'all sit back and enjoy those movies but For in the sure. meantime y'all have a great week have a safe week have a great week if you're if you're eligible get that booster vaccine if you can mm-hmm. and enjoy the holiday season yes and we will be back next week with another episode take care you guys bye bye <laughs>